Listener Production. It's like a tradie posting a view of their construction site with the caption, Office for the day, from wherever you are right now. It's Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, how are you recovering from yesterday's big run? Oh, I did do a run, 10 kilometer run as part of the Melbourne Marathon Festival, and it was okay. I'm so glad I've downgraded from doing the half marathon. I don't know how I got talked into those things. It's just too far. You didn't want to go the distance? No, your legs hurt, your ankles hurt, you're really tired, it hurts a lot, it takes forever. Why not just do 10Ks and enjoy the day? Have you got blisters <laughs> now? No, it went okay because I only ran 10Ks. I didn't run 42 kilometres in a short amount of time as the winner got just over two hours for a, oh for a marathon. God. So that's pretty impressive. But no, very fun. And I'll tell you what, oh, Matt O'Kine, Melbourne turned it on oh, with the nice weather on the weekend. Oh, uh, this poor old Lenina is your guy. <laughs> You've been coughing it, but has been very kind to Melbourne. Oh, mate. What is going on in this city? Sydney's struggling still, but no, it's been good. I had a good weekend as well, doing some shows. But we're so glad that you can be joining us here on this Monday. We've got Bronwyn, our producer, in for some clickfish. There's also some drama, 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 Alex Dyson. In a world of sport that we're not that familiar with, you heard all about the chess situation recently. Well, there is a uh, another big event that's been drawing some eyeballs. That's right. Well, happy Labor Day to you if you are in New South Wales, like Matt O'Kine as well. Getting the day off, mate. Oh, mate. No, hustle never sleeps. <laughs> Podcasts are too important to have a day off. <laughs> that's right. And that's why we're here with you today on Matt and Alex. All day breakfast. This is just the start. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Matt O'Kine, you much of an angler? No, I'm not, but, um, you know, spent a lot of time around the waters with, uh, you know, the old Daddy Mac. Very keen oh. fisherman and crabber. I tell you what, the Daddy Mac is a mud crab's worst nightmare. <laughs> when he... <laughs> Senses the daddy back at the area. The mud crab's claws start a quivering. And I remember very early on, you know, you catch a crab, you think, ooh here we go. We're on here. Dinner's sorted. Yep. And suddenly, dad takes one look at the crab, chucks it back, <gasps> says, nope, not big enough, or nope, it's a female. <gasps> back in the water they go. Now, you know, naive little me was like, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. It's 2022, female crabs are delicious <laughs> too. But apparently there are rules and regulations, mm. especially in Queensland waters, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the sort of rules in Queensland, um, that you're not allowed to, you know, they have to be certain size and yep. you're not allowed to take female crabs, etc., etc. because they take this kind of stuff very serious in the fishing world, Alex Dyson. So they should. Fishing licenses, you don't want overfishing, that kind of thing, but... There's also an element of the fishing world of competitive fishing, which Mm. is taken very seriously. And in fact, so much so, I mean, we've talked about the recent scandal in the world of chess, the cheating scandal there. But I tell you what, this fishing scandal is making that chess scandal look like a small tiddler that you'd chuck back. (laughs) And and the fishing scandal is the big blue whale. What's um, happening? Well, a scandal's rocked the world because you feel these competitions, which can fetch 
prize money. There's one fishing competition called the Fall Brawl, offered more than $500,000, half a mil oh my in cash Lord. and prizes. And um, Vision has come out of two competitors being accused of stuffing their fish, for which, you know, a lot of these competitions decided on who catches the, the heaviest fish. They've been accused of stuffing their fish with weights <gasps> at an Ohio Pro fishing event, getting the weights, saying, here comes the aeroplanes of the fish they just <laughs> caught and putting it in. So then when it gets put up on stage and they weigh the fish, suddenly they've got a little bit of an advantage. I mean, it's not that something came out afterwards. This came out with the other competitors in the area and have a listen to this. Things got crazy. People say, call the cops. People yelling, you should be in jail. no. Like, it's a big, big scandal. Um, This is the Lake Erie Walleye Trail in Cleveland's Gordon Park. Officials at that particular competition began cutting open the fish of these two dudes, Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon, ahead of weighing their catch. And allegedly found iron weights and like just extra fillets of fish that they'd put inside the bodies of the fish that they caught. They were feeding fish other fish. It looked like fillets that you would buy from, yeah, the the (laughs) shop where it's like just a skin on fillet. And they shoved it in the fish to make it heavier. So then they're pulling out not only these lead balls, Mm. but also just random fillets of other fish. Not not right. I mean, if that's not the worst day to be a fish, I don't know what would be. First, you're getting caught. Yeah. Then you make to eat like lead balls or other fish, mm. and then you got to get cut open to show that you've eaten something. Terrible day to be a fish, but not a great day for Chase and Jake as well, who have been accused of cheating in the past. And in fact, one of the two. Um, failed a polygraph test in relation to cheating accusations. So much like, you know, in the chess world, the person accused was saying, oh, I'm going to play naked to show that I don't have anything on me. So I could go, this guy goes, no, I'll prove I'm not cheating. I'll take a polygraph, which if anyone did psychology year 12, show that it's not entirely accurate, but yeah, to, get, to claim and that and then failed. to fail. Not the best look. It seems, it just seems bizarre. Well, you're right, Matt. Even in these sort of smaller worlds of, of chess and, and fishing, the controversy can strike. We just got to hope that we don't win the podcast awards and people accuse us of uh, <laughs> of cheating. It's not actually our voices. <laughs> yeah, can we get like can we can we yeah. audio moderate an old Abby Chatfield podcast or something to make it sound like us? Everyone's cheating, right? As we can see, chess cheats, fish <laughs> cheats. On podcast, we probably are the rightful victors and we're just getting stitched up because all these podcasts are like... <laughs> putting... Using AI or something yeah. to, to create funnier podcasts. Yeah, we're stuck here with our dumb brains <laughs> <laughs> trying to come up with stuff every day. It's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. Oh, well, let's keep on. This is Matt and Alex's All Day Breakfast. And very soon we'll have some of that good fishing. With Clickfish. Mm. Well, 
I'll tell you what, it was pretty terrible news coming out of Indonesia, Alex Dyson, over the weekend. Did you see the um, reports of a football riot? No, I did not. Yeah, 127 people killed in a riot. Oh, my God. Yeah, pitch invasion. Um, angry fans went onto the pitch. It turned into a whole thing. Police were firing tear gas. 127 people died, two of whom were police officers. Any idea of what, what sparked it? My understanding is that they just weren't happy with the results of the game. Right. So like the end of the match kind of thing. Here's the thing though. And the reason why I bring it up, because obviously it's not, this is not funny news and we, we, you know, we try to keep on the lighter side of life, but I've been there. I remember you telling me you've been in a football sporting riot in which the police were called. In 2000, I went to Ghana with my dad. It was the first trip I'd ever done to Ghana. So it was a, a whole experience in itself. But one of the things, you know, that I'm really passionately connected to when it comes to Ghanaian culture is their love of football. And um, my dad loves football as well. So while we were there, we're like, let's go and see this game. Now it was this African Club Cup final. And you've followed Ghana for a while. I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> Anytime the Ghana football team gets mentioned, you talk about Luis Suarez deliberately <laughs> handballing don't. a ball that was about to go into the it net. So I so <laughs> I'm sorry to bring it up, but 2010 South African World Cup. Oh my lord, I hate Luis Suarez. <laughs> if you're listening, Louis, you better hope that me and you don't cross paths on the soccer pitch one day. Because mm. there's a sliding tackle with your name on it, mate. As more like more often happens when Manokai's playing soccer, as he's the goalkeeper and the the wind catches the ball and it bounces over his head and into the goals. So. Yeah, look, I actually I really don't want to be on the end of one of Suarez's bloody pellets coming uh, straight at me. Um, but anyways, you look. would uh, I tell you what? You would not get a job on border security the way you let fruit and veg through. <laughs> into the bed, back of that, <laughs> that, that net, Matt O'Kine. But um, you, you were just a spectator on this day back in absolutely. Ghana. Absolutely. House of Oak, um, Australia, I mean, a Ghanaian club team was playing off against a Tunisian club team. Um, and it was for the the crown of, like, best club, you know, in in uh, in Africa for so that like year. the Champions League of the continent. Yeah, so you know how um you know how I mean Australia played it just on the weekend. We had our um Australian Cup final, Sydney United versus MacArthur. MacArthur taking out 2-0. Sydney United still very um very tied to the Croatian community mm-hmm. um diaspora. So they um you know, they brought some fans and there was a lot of there's a lot of wildness going on in that, you know, a lot of wild um kind of behavior going on in that game as well. But mm. shout out to uh, shout out to everyone who turned up and um, enjoyed the game. Safely. This particular afternoon in uh, in Ghana though, I remember there was just a couple of calls made by the ref that people the home side, which was, you know, House of Oak, fans were not happy with. Right? And I was me and Dad got good tickets in this kind of caged area mm. that was like a little bit protected from the sort of, you know, where it's like not, um, it's not like specific seated, sort of general admission area. No, but going into that, and it happens in countries around the world, it's in the UK, it's, you know, all throughout Europe, happens to be there. The fact that fans needs to be caged off from each other does show that things at times have gotten out of hand. 
Yeah, so suddenly there's some stuff going on with the refs that the, the, the crowd wasn't liking, right? I think Tunisia had sort of just come up like they were, they were starting to win the game. Crowd wasn't happy with the refs, so then suddenly people are starting to throw stuff on uh, the field, all right? Now, this is actually, I've been noticing, have you noticed the discourse around people throwing stuff onto stages at the moment in Australian music? I saw Tuvalo mentioning she got hit by like some ice from someone's drink. Yeah, and people, people were Perth, saying she was playing a gig in Perth. Come, comes all the way from Sweden to come and perform for us. <laughs> people are gets, throwing it's in the head oh with solid water. <laughs> oh <like>, my god! <laughs> is there a bigger crumb move <laughs> than these people? They don't have to be here. <laughs> Anyways, I know it's Just so embarrassing. And I, 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 I reckon all day breakfast listeners would not be the kind of people to throw stuff. So good on you. I don't want you to get you in trouble for other people's actions, but man, that's a crumb move. Yeah, totally. So anyways, I mean, it was no good people throwing stuff onto the field in this particular instance. But then obviously I couldn't really see what was going on in the stadiums above and behind me. We had kind of closer tickets to the, to the field. It was all caged off. How old were you at this point? I was 15. Mm. So suddenly, um, like my eyes started to hurt. I was like, what is going on? And it was really like like quite stingy, you know what I mean? Mm. And then then suddenly there was just like a lot of people freaking out and then it turned into this big commotion. And I could see police officers suddenly standing on the rooftop of the stadium Ooh. firing tear gas into and over the crowd. Into like the caged areas. Yeah, well, no, 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 this is into the general admission area, so not, not near us. But I'll tell you what, it floats. Mm. And uh, it made its way to where we were. And, bro, it is the most whack stuff I've ever come across. The only way I can describe it is it feels like you're breathing in electricity, like your lungs buzz when you breathe in. You cannot breathe properly at all. Oh, my God. And when that happens, what do you think happens? What do you think everyone does? I would assume (laughs) that everyone stays calm (laughs) and makes their way in single file towards the nearest... Exits. Mate, everyone panicked. It was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. And suddenly you're just like, ah! <laughs> and, and dad was like, dad was way more stressed than me. He was like, yeah. we need to get out of here right now. And yeah. I was kind of like, don't worry, don't worry, it'll be fine. He's like, no, you don't understand what can happen in these situations. Yeah. And so he guided me out. And as I was walking out, like we were getting all sort of starting to get crushed now. There's like a big mm. sort of human crush in the cagey area, but we managed to just sort of squeeze out just as people were filing down the stairs, like running in, in numbers that mm. are not normally going down that many stairs in that many, with that many people. There were people crowd surfing on top of those people down the stairs. So you had people running down the stairs and people literally just jumping on top of them and crowd surfing down as well. Almost like skiing down the... Yeah, like, a, like an avalanche of people. slopes of people. And, and when we were leaving the building, I like remember stepping over people who I don't know whether they were dead or whether oh. they were just injured, but there were people all on the ground outside. We were, I was literally stepping, stepping over bodies and we finally got out. And I was like, man, that, that was intense. And, um, I think six people died that day, but hundreds were injured. Mm-hmm. But then the same thing happened only a few months later and the whole stadium collapsed. The and stadium you were at. 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. The other side of the same stadium, but the yeah. other side, the other grandstand across the field. Same thing happened, but the whole stand collapsed. And in that instance, hundreds died, thousands were injured, and it was the biggest stadium sporting disaster in African history for the time. So oh it was like God. pretty hectic when I see that sort of yeah. th- that sort of news in the Indonesian. I just think like that, you know. Every now and then you think that could have been me. Oh well, I'm glad you're all right, man. Um, and thank you for telling us that story. <laughs> Clickfish. Clickfish with producer Bron. Oh, time to grab that internet rod and reel and start uh, trying to find a big old marlin or a, or a rotten old boot with our producer, Bronwyn Doizak. Hello, Bron. Hello. How was your weekend, Bron? Did you happen to run half a marathon like Alex Dyson did? No, didn't manage to do that. I did go to Reforma Pilates. A quarter of a marathon. Well, I mean, well, is that less all? impressive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's Reforma Pilates? You, like, go on a machine. Anyway, mate, I'm hurting today. <laughs> Reforma Pilates. Like, is it a start? I honestly thought Reforma Pilates was when you haven't gone to Pilates for a while and you go, <laughs> you get back into it. Like, you've reformed. <laughs> You're on, like, this flat machine and you, like, move up and down and it looks really fun and the instructor makes it look really easy. And I make it look so... <laughs> Because it doesn't like it, it's a moving platform with like elastic bands you pull yourself yes. around and stuff like that. I'm glad that you're uh, that you, you know f- feeling fit, doing some healthy things. I didn't didn't do anything like that, nothing of the sort, Bron. So uh, hope yeah. you gave a stretch for me. Well, we both did exercise on the weekend, mate. What did you do? Absolutely nothing. Went out till two thirty on Friday night, a friend's birthday. So I'm not built for that anymore, and Sophia has no sympathy whatsoever at all. <laughs> Speaking of coming out of retirement, I tell you what, you, you dusted off the old 20-year-old Matt O'Kine <laughs> oh, there. Never um, again. But this segment is about um, you telling us what's in the articles we were tempted to click on, but had too much moral fibre to do so. Bron, what was happening? This first one, it was sent in by Nick on the Matt and Alex Instagram page, so very much a big thank you to Nick, because this might be the worst thing I've ever read in my oh. life. Um, Great. This is from 7 News, Perth. Headline, the secret room hiding in every Woolworths aisle that you had no idea about. There's a secret room in every Woolworths aisle. That's what they're saying. A secret room. What they're saying is someone filmed a TikTok showing that a Woolies worker, you know, at the end of the aisle, how there's like those gift cards, like all racked up at the end of the aisle. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, just beneath the cobwebs there, I think, is where you find those. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there's a big, big shelf rack full of all, all gift cards at the end of, like, some aisles, like one mm. or two. Yeah. So they saw, this person on TikTok saw a Woolies worker open up a section behind that to what the article says is a little-known room, which I would probably call some extra shelving. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It just sounds like where the shelves are built. Yes. This is stupid. <laughs> I know. I just can't believe that some... What What do they What do they propose happens in that room? They. This is what they said. If you were to walk past the end of the aisle, it would be difficult to imagine such a space exists. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? It's like if you go to take some cereal off the shelf and you're like... <gasps> There's cereal behind this. Yeah. <laughs> so much, yeah, so much room back here. 
That's like saying, oh, the the secret place you can sleep, uh, you know, in Woolworths, and it's just underneath the shelves. <laughs> if that's what you chose to do, like, yeah, you can hide underneath the shelf too if you want. I'm seeing what you're talking about now. So yeah, they just open up that rack, and there's just a few shelves. Yeah. What? So don't let real estate agents think they can list rooms as just, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's a three-bedroom. <laughs> See, in the bathroom, if you pull back this mirror, there's an extra room <laughs> where the medicine sleeps. <laughs> All right, what else have you been clicking, Bron? This is from News.com. Headline, David Beckham's weird favourite meal. Oh, why do people want to know this? <laughs> well, was it? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, haven't, we done a posh, actually. haven't we done a posh Beckham once? Well, One yes. time in the past? Posh's weird favourite like meal bread was bread with, yeah, bread with butter and salt on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Um, is it the same? Oh, Do they both I eat that together? It. Is, is it baked beans? It's Baked beans is part of it. He posted a picture to Instagram with a photo of this meal with the caption, Last night's feast, one of my favourites growing up. Thanks, Mum. Gammon, chips, fried egg, tinned pineapple, peas, and baked beans with coleslaw. Ooh. Okay, straight up, that is a stressed parent who hasn't had time to cook. <laughs> they are literally just putting anything that is in the fridge oh. on a plate and teach saying that that's a meal. I do love a bit of pineapple and stuff, but pouring some tinned pineapple into some tinned baked beans. I think oh, yeah. I think that is running out of ideas a little bit there. Does it have a name, this meal, or is it? it's just like something that his mum made? There's, I don't think there's a name for it. it. It looks like he's gone to, like, I don't know, the worst buffet <laughs> ever. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah, I'm not liking the look of this at all. But, <laughs> I mean, each to their own, I guess. Don't yuck someone else's yum. Coleslaw and mushy peas. Has everyone gone berserk? That's what some people say. <laughs> Pineapple does not belong on a main meal. Yeah, nah, it won't be for me. Uh, I'll be re- I'll be declining uh, the invitation to the Beckham household. I suppose that's all stuff you could put on, like toast with butter. Yeah. <laughs> so I think they probably work well together, Posh and Bex. His his is just a bit more extra stuff than than Posh's, I'd say. All right. I'll tell you what, though. The chips would disappear, but that's about it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. It does bring us to the end of a meal in which, you know, you might think doesn't go together. Matt, Alex, Bron, but tell you what, it's delicious every single day, every (laughs) single morning or afternoon, wherever you feel like listening. We really appreciate it. And we will be here tomorrow, same time, same place. Hope you had a good one. We'll chat to you then. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex.